The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yowen, joined, as always, by Mo Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls, and we are coming to you from Columbia, Tennessee, broadcasting on WKOM 101.7 FM, where it is a cool 46 degrees and cloudy, but the day is going to get better. It's going to look better. Mo, how's it going this morning? Hot and hectic. <laughs> it's, you know what? My blood pressure's already up. I mean, it's been a, it, it has been a wild morning. It it has been an event for what thirty forty five minutes here. Yeah, the last the last thirty forty five minutes have been uh, a lot of fun to kind of it kind of gets your juices going yeah, on a Friday. Yeah, uh, show prep is real. Show prep is real, and if you are following us on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports, that's at SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter, then you know that we have some breaking news for you this morning regarding Region 55A as we've been talking about the hashtag if-then statements all week. If this happens, then this, as far as playoff scenarios go. This is not one. Well, it's a little bit of a twist. This is not one that we planned for. (laughs) No, no, it's not one that we planned for. But if two teams in a six-team region are removed from playoff consideration, then all four of the other teams make the playoffs. Well, we can take the if off. (laughs) As we found out this morning, it is official via Letters sent to Franklin County and Shelbyville and obtained by... Sent yesterday at 3 o'clock to both schools, so they are not available from the TSSAA to the media for 24 hours, which would be 3 o'clock this afternoon. However, if you can get it from one of the schools, then it's fair game. We did. It is. Um... And as was related to me by the person who sent me the letter, we got hammered. We um, both got hammered. They, yeah, he said. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that it's absolutely. And he's not right. wrong. No, they absolutely did. He's not wrong at all. Shelby Bull in Franklin County, who um, had a unsportsmanlike incident during their game last Friday night, um, reading from the letter. TSSAA requested that the administration of both schools submit all videotapes of the incident to the state office for our review, but were informed by both schools that no videos exist. As a result, we dealt with the incident based on our conversations with school administrators and their written report and actions taken, which was due in the state office by Wednesday. Not a single video exists. We also okay. re- we also relied on our conversations with the officials who were in charge in their written report 
which stated, <clears throat> we had a brawl between multiple players of both teams with both benches coming onto the field. We ejected Franklin County players, and I don't have rosters in front of me, I apologize. We ejected Franklin County players number 63, 3, 57, and 86. We ejected three players from Shelbyville, numbers 15, 53, and 9. We probably could have had 30 or more. We stopped the game after the brawl with 3.34 left in the third period. Shelbyville was leading 43 to 10. Um, so, with that basis, our understanding is that both Shelbyville and Franklin County were placed on two years probation beginning immediately, um, which removes both those teams from the playoffs for both the 2020 and the 2021 football season, the 2020 season, which is currently ongoing. They also received some spring practice and some seven-on-seven sanctions. Um, They were fined a substantial amount. And so, most immediately, neither Shelbyville nor Franklin County will be in the playoffs. Shelbyville was assured the number two seed out of Region 55A, regardless of the outcome of tonight's game against visiting Columbia Central. Franklin County was in contention for a a spot in the playoffs, likely on the road. Well, obviously on the road, because Summit and Shelbyville were going to be the one and two but Franklin County was in contention for a playoff spot before this came down. That's right. And now neither of those teams will be in the playoffs, which means everybody else is moving up because this is not like COVID where you would get a bye. This is just like a playing an ineligible player and or something of that nature where you are taken out of the playoffs and everyone else would then move up, which means – it's highly unlikely chance, but there is a chance that Columbia Central could host a playoff game with the results of tonight being what they need, and that would be a page loss to Franklin County, which, again, highly unlikely at this point, and a Columbia Central win over Shovel, which is, well, now more, possible. More likely than maybe it was when we spoke yesterday. Sure. I mean, you say that. But Shelbyville's going to come out, and they are definitely going to be playing. They're for not going to be in a good mood. They're not going to be in a good mood, and this is it for the seniors. This is their this is their final game. Tonight's not the night to be Columbia Central against Shelbyville, I believe. That that could be the case. That could definitely be the case. But regardless of the outcome, Columbia Central is in the playoffs. There was a scenario out there that would have had Central out of the playoffs. That scenario no longer exists. And now Lincoln County is also in the playoffs. They were not playing for a playoff spot against uh, Summit tonight due to the COVID situation that they were in. They were out for the last two weeks, and Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if – I'm sure they'll be back, is my point. You would think, yeah. I they've mean, like you said, weeks. they've been out for two weeks. They missed last week's game. And this They were going to miss is... tonight's game against Summit. But so they, should be, they should be back for the opening round of the playoffs. Now, from what we understand, there is um, 
some appeals that could take place, but I'm not sure that that's going to matter in the ma- in, in, in this instance of 2020. I don't think any appeals will affect 2020 this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, we'll see how those appeals go. Now, typically, like say this was Major League Baseball, when you appeal, they can't punish you until the appeal is ruled upon. Right. I don't think that's going to be the type of – of case that we're going to see this time. I think you're going to see Page be the number two, Columbia Central the three, Lincoln County the four. That's the most um, likely. The most likely scenario. scenario. Yeah. So, interesting stuff. I love Clayton Harris texting me, asking me what happened, and uh, if he were listening he would know to his happened. own radio station, he would <laughs> He's he's kind of taking a mini vacation. He now. is taking so a mini I'm vacation. I'm surprised he's listening at all. I don't know that he is because he just asked me what happened. And oh, okay. um, so Clayton, if you are listening, once again we'll recap real quick. Um, Franklin County and Shelbyville have been placed on restrictive probation, which means no playoffs for this year and next year. Correct. And that means that in a six-team region, the other four teams will now go into the. Uh, the the playoffs, yeah, yeah, and Columbia Central likely the three seed, Lincoln County definitely the four seed. Uh, Page would be the two seed in the most likely scenario of either them winning or Columbia Central losing. All right. And yes, he says wow, and he's right. Wow, uh, yeah. I'll tell you, you know, this has been like like we said, a crazy morning. We've got a lot of high school football to talk about from outside of our. Our coverage area. We've got a lot of football to talk about within our coverage area because we had something break yesterday afternoon You're that right. we've not had a chance to touch on on these airwaves. We spoke on it last night on um, TriStar, Thursday night, TriStar Sports Thursday Night Live with J.P. Plant, but we've not had a chance to um, inform, quote, quote, our listeners. Correct. So would you care to do the honors? Yeah, let's um, let's just go ahead and tell you about that on the other side of a break. Kyle, All right, then. So we've got uh, some some breaking news, kind of, sort of. We broke it yesterday, but we'll tell you about more on the other side of the break, as well as some cross country results. We'll get to that too on the other side of this break. So again, twenty minutes past the hour of nine o'clock here on one hundred one seven WKOM. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Looking for a Halloween hangout? Patio West in Spring Hill is your spot for food, games, and fun. Located at 3011 Longford Drive, Patio West is hosting both a kids' and all-ages costume contest, along with three different trivia games during their Halloween extravaganza starting at 3 p.m. on October 31st. Bring the whole family down for all the fun you can have in one place. Patio West Comfort and Coastal Eats in Spring Hill. Visit them on Facebook or online at patiowest.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195.
Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yalla with Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. You're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM here out of Columbia, Tennessee. You know, <laughs> the last two days, and we knew this was coming. We knew some crazy stuff was going to happen in in. 2020 with the playoffs and whatnot uh, you know earlier this week we found out about DeKalb County which we knew would be the cross team for either Spring Hill or Lawrence County depending on who won then we find out Lawrence County is going to uh, remote learning which uh, due to COVID which mm-hmm. means that they would then be ineligible to play on Friday night giving Spring Hill a win and then we find out last night that Spring Hill was going to remote learning, but fortunately for the Raiders, it was due to a substitute teacher shortage and did not affect their football team. So, Dodged a bullet. Yeah, because that would have been worst-case scenario for the TWSAA and everybody involved because at that point you would have to go to, I guess, the next tiebreaker to see who was the winner, which I guess would have been overall wins, and Lawrence County would have won that tiebreaker, and but then they still wouldn't have been able to play First round. the next week. Mm-hmm. So then what, as DeKalb County and Lawrence County would have both had COVID and you can't put somebody in the second round when both teams have COVID. So it would have been worst case scenario. Luckily dodged that bullet. Spring Hill still, uh, still set to play in the second round of the playoffs on November 13th against the winner of region four, two seed and the region five, three seed three region three. I'm sorry, Region 3, you're right, sorry. Yeah. One, two, three, four, and then five, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. All right, so the, either way, that's where they stand in Region 4, 4A. Also yesterday afternoon, we find out that Columbia Academy has uh, been set to quarantine due to some COVID issues on their team, which then takes them also out of the first round of the playoffs, most likely. Most likely. Um, we spoke with Pernell Knox, the athletics director at Columbia Academy, yesterday afternoon initially, and then we spoke with him a couple of other times throughout the night. He and school administrators and um, Coach Charlie Lansdale are expected to speak today to come up with a clear-cut um conclusion as to whether CA will be available for the playoffs next week or not. Um, It's tough to imagine they would be, given that the protocol has generally been two Two weeks weeks. of quarantine, and with this coming down on Thursday. That's not a hard, fast TWSWA rule. That is the... The, the most the, the, is that from the CDC? Uh, CDC is ten days from the time that symptoms. Okay, present. so so even ten days would be from too, yesterday is too many. Yeah, so it would be it would be tough to imagine them being available, but we will see. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to be, which uh, which means that I guess it, would they have played friendship or. I'm not Middle sure Tennessee. who they were. I think it was Middle Tennessee Christian that they were supposed to play. Yeah, I and I think that's what uh you know, that that's that's a game that they that they probably could have been competitive in. Mm-hmm. Uh unfortunately their season is now done after that loss to Raven County last week. 
most likely. Uh, the Fayette Academy game now goes in the win as a Fayette Academy win and a no contest for Columbia Academy, and that will likely do it for the Bulldog season. Now, there's a little more information on that if you if you would like on sm-tnsports.com. And we, again, this week has just been, this has been the most chaotic week as far as playoffs and COVID have been concerned to this point. And week 11 is not the week you want all the chaos, even if you are Captain Chaos. Yeah, because, I mean, in week in earlier weeks, you kind of have a opportunity to recover from some of it. In week 11, there's pretty much no tomorrow. Literally. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a a struggle and uh, unfortunate situation for for Columbia Academy and for, you know, Fayette Academy, who was looking forward to playing their final game of the year, I'm sure. And unfortunately, they will not be doing so uh, unless they pick up a game, which, I mean, I guess is possible. Right. Uh, I wonder if the Nighthawks are available. Not that anybody would want to play them now. Uh, after they picked up some players, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, you know this is this is one of those those crazy things that just twenty twenty is the only way to explain it. It really is. It's been a crazy year. Oh, um, the Memphis Nighthawks play the Tennessee Heat. Tonight, oh, that's right. By the way, so they play. They also play another game next week, right? Because they have that that bowl game between those two teams, right? Mm-hmm. Pure pure sports. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's uh. That's going to be a lot of fun too. I, I'm I'm curious to see how how that works out. Uh, you know, because um, those two teams picked up some players from mm-hmm. Shelby County. You know, Zion Christian played the Nighthawks earlier this year, beat them thirty six to nothing. I think in week three or week four, before the influx of players from the um, Shelby County schools that are not playing football this fall, and. Um, I think the Eagles may have to consider themselves a little lucky because they they picked up they picked up some studs. We saw um a couple of clips from midseason of a receiver who is um committed to an FCS school, um Southeast Missouri or something like that. I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head, but 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 they got some guys. They got some guys that and those kids wanted to be able to the ones that had not secured their collegiate futures, wanted to be able to go out and put something on film and, and that kind of thing, and that's understandable. Can't blame them. No, Absolutely not. I not mean, why Why would you? And so on top of everything else, playoff-wise, you've got two teams in that region seven or eight in, in mm-hmm. Class 5A. Yeah. There's only two teams who are yeah. going to the playoffs because the rest of them are Shelby County schools, which means that your one and two seeds are getting buys from their cross region into the second round, and they're going to play the winner of the 2-3. And, uh, I mean. This is going to be a crazy playoffs. The Class 5A playoffs are insane in the western side of of this, so the the Dyer County, Henry County area uh, region, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're going. Those two teams are going to get a bye in round one, and uh, due to their cross Nobody region just out. being, mm-hmm. and and the other two teams, who knows? I right. mean, we don't know how good they are because they've got four COVID wins among them each. It's the Class Five A playoffs is going to be 
just nuts, nuts especially on that western side, like we, like we said. Yeah. You know, when we talk about this season in general, I, I don't want to say that there are any asterisks or whatever, but I almost feel like it's much like baseball where – Winning a state championship this season feels like it's much harder, not easier. That's I think that's a pretty fair statement just for everything that you've had to deal with throughout this season. And being able to play a schedule that gets you into the playoffs and prepares you for the playoffs, I, I think I think there's, you know, something in that statement that this has probably been harder than a normal season would have been yeah i mean you're dealing with people who have covid for two weeks just like you're dealing with an injury maybe you know having to get that next man up if you are not dealing with an entire team shutdown take summertown for instance they came out of a two-week quarantine they had a walkthrough they played eagleville in a game that had playoff implications they're leading eagleville 14 to 12 with a minute 40 or so left. They've got the ball. They fumble. Eagleville scoops and scores, and they win it 18-14. to 14. I mean, off of one day of practice in a virtual must-win situation, they come in and for, you know, 46 minutes have done what they need to do to keep themselves in position for postseason play. And then one, one bust, one play. That is uh... – but. You know, just the the lack of rhythm, the lack of consistent practice and that kind of thing to be able to overcome that kind of thing. I'm really interested to see what Summit looks like next week in the opening round of the playoffs, having played six regular season games, having played one game in October, and that was on, what, the ninth. Yeah, that was the f- the first or maybe second week of the of this of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the the positive mm-hmm. is it looks like they're probably going to play Hillwood, who's n- probably not very good, much like a Franklin County when they came off that last uh, long layover. It wasn't mm-hmm. quite this long, but it was at least two weeks. Uh, you know, this is uh this is a team that is going to probably out athlete their opponent mm-hmm. and it may take them a, a, a you know a, a series or two to kind of get their feet under them but i don't think there's any question that summit th- this is a good game for summit to get back to yeah and and what would be bad is if they couldn't play hillwood next week due to something happening happening at hillwood and then you go into the second round and you've got somebody a little bit different mm-hmm. and i think also no more than Keaton Wade has played this year to be able to kind of ease him back in next week against a, a, a Hillwood or whoever that number four is, is a pretty big deal as opposed to it is. having to put him out there in a game where he's he's got to go, you know, full, full speed on. From, from start to finish. Right. You're, you're right. Yeah, I do think that that's a positive is that they, they are the region champion. They do get the four seed. This is not a region that's really deep after Beach, Gallatin, and Hillsboro, kind of. Uh, you know, although Hillsboro has always been very tough, especially against Summit, 
Uh, you know they they've played that they've played those two two teams really tough. Uh, you really you have to hope for the Hillwood number four seed is what you. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's just the way it is. Um, it looks like and and still going into Region Five Five A with Columbia Central's now secured playoff berth and likely three seed. They would go to Gallatin. Gallatin is the number two seed in their region, but Gallatin has not won a football game on the field this season. Every single win in their region has been a COVID win. That's crazy. And that's it. Not only is it crazy, but it also get, gives you a little bit of you're like, holy crap. That's what Central it, might go mm-hmm. up there and get a win. They may very well go up there and get a win because, as you recall, you know, last year they went up to Beach. They were the number four seed going to Beach. Beach was undefeated and ranked number one in the state in 5A. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and Central loses 6-3. I mean, that's how close Region 5-5A came to sweep in the opening round of the playoffs was a field goal. Yeah. Because I- Summit... Shelbyville, and who was the number three last year? Um, Summit was the Summit three. was three. That's right. Page was one. Page was Shelbyville one. Shelbyville was two. two. Summit was three. That's right. Summit went to Gallatin one in that in that drive from hell across one hundred and nine. Yeah, they they got there really really late. Um, so this season, Gallatin has. Beaten, uh, Lebanon, Station Camp, and Green Hill. And they've lost to Mount Juliet, Collierville, Wilson Central, Henry County, Hendersonville, Beach. So they, I, I was wrong. They have won some games, but they were not region games. They have mm-hmm. not won a region game on the field. On the field. They beat they they got COVID wins over Hillsboro, Hillwood, and Hunters Lane. Um, but again, on the field, they are three, three and, and six, three and five. Three and five. One, two, three, four, five, six, three and six, and with thirty six to eight loss to Beach, forty six nothing loss to Hendersonville, forty two fourteen against Henry County, twenty five twenty one against Wilson Central, lost by one to Collierville. Uh, 31-10 against Mount Juliet. And I mean, the Lebanon win is probably their biggest win of the year. I mean, that, that's that's a team that you can beat if you're central. Definitely. And I think that's something that they need to be mindful of as they, as they go into tonight. You know, they, they know that regardless of what the outcome is tonight – they are assured of a playoff berth and um, work on kind of work on themselves a little bit and get themselves ready for possibly a playoff run. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be crazy? Well, I, I mean, there's crazier things have happened in 2020. There's there's no question there. None. And None. the good thing is. You should have Carter Sidlowski back next week. He's been out for two weeks, so he mm-hmm. should be good to go. 
you've got McCandless back tonight. You've got a lot, several players back tonight, as a matter of fact. So it it, it feels like the the timing of this coming down is pretty positive for for Central. Sure, we did get new uh, get word last night that defensive back Lath Natty will not be available tonight. He had um, surgery to repair a broken hand earlier this week, and um, to which Chris said, put a cast on it and let's go. But <laughs> anyway, um, so that's, that's, another, that's another piece that they will be without. Isaiah Cordell, the free safety, is still out on quarantine, I believe, so – They've got some pieces that they will be without, and as, and those and, and defensive backs are not what you want to be without when Kane Cunningham's throwing the football. That's that's a tough spot. <laughs> that's a tough spot. So certainly an interesting game that you will be part of the broadcast for tonight on our sister station one hundred three point seven, along with Lee Maddox. That's right. You can catch me as the color analyst tonight on one hundred three seven. Going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to do it. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, we're going to talk cross-country, a little bit more high school football, and we've got much more on the other side of the 10 o'clock hour, so make sure to stay tuned here. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. <laughs> Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao joined by Mo Patton here. JP Plant on the controls. A very cold and cloudy day in Columbia, Tennessee. 45 and cloudy, but like we said earlier, it's only going to get better. And this uh, this evening is going to be it's going to be nice. I mean, it, it's going to be. For, for October 30th. Sunny. Yeah. It's going to be sunny and, you know, really nice, about 55 around 5 o'clock. But uh, if you're going to Shelbyville, you might want to bundle up because by about halftime, it's going to be 45. And at the end of the game, it'll be about 43. So you don't want to be out there and be unprepared and not dressed accordingly as maybe we were a little last night after Thursday Night Live on TSL. It was was a, that was a tough one. That was. But uh, fortunately, we were parked close. Yeah, yeah, that, that's ideal. Good news is next week's going to be. It looks really good. No rain in the forecast, so you know, Columbia is going to be a nice place next week. 
But right now, a little cloudy. It's okay, though. We're going to get there. Hey, um, let's talk a little bit about cross-country because yesterday we had some some state meets, uh, or I'm sorry, had region meets to, to get to state. Mm-hmm. And uh, several of our local runners will be in that state meet. They will indeed. The um, Division 2A middle region meet was held yesterday up at Sanders Ferry Park in Hendersonville, which is also the site for the upcoming state cross-country championships. So they get a little um, recon, as it were. But um, Columbia Academy's girls finished third in the um, the team competition. The top three teams and the top ten individuals at the region level advance. And so Columbia Academy's girls advance as the number three team behind Christ Presbyterian Academy and University School of Nashville. Individually, Annabelle Cothran placed third. She mm-hmm. ran a 21-15 over five kilometers. Um, CA also had eighth grader Presley Miller finish fourth, a second behind Annabelle and sophomore Jalen Hickerson ran a 22, 24 to finish ninth. So they had three top 10 finishers. Um, pretty impressive there. And again, as a team, they will be advancing to next week's state meet on the boys side. Connor Henson won the event with a 1657. Yeah, he was, um, 30 minutes, cl- I'm sorry, <laughs> 30 seconds clear of the second-place finisher, Trace Alexander from BGA. Um, Zion Christian will also have a runner in the state meet as senior William Craig placed seventh with a 17.58. So congratulations to young Mr. Henson and young Mr. Craig. Yeah, you know, Brady Henson's got a sh- uh, Brady. Connor Henson has a shot to win this thing. Brady Henson does not. Brady does not. <laughs> but I will say this: I feel like Brady will uh, will certainly he'll get his miles in. Yeah, he'll be he'll be right there with him yeah. the whole way. I mean, you're talking about a kid who just won the region race on the state championship course. It's got to be a good sign. You got to have some confidence going mm-hmm. in at least, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, probably not his best time. Obviously, he ran a sub sixteen out at Ring Farm a few weeks ago, and um, but at the same time, he clearly wasn't pushed, finishing thirty seconds ahead of the second place guy. So, at the state meet with some people pushing him, it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with. And he's been a top ten finisher each of the past two years at the state level, as has. Annabelle Cothran, so they've both got chances to to do some damage at the state next week. Uh, we spoke earlier about Independence girls who placed second in the Region 6 large class meet up at Sanders Ferry behind the Halterman sisters, Jane and Julia, and um, Emma Wilson also placing 10th individually, and on the boys' side, Michael Gerhardt from Spring Hill and Independence's Nate Martinez each advanced to the state meet in um, the large class. Today, um, as of now, the Region 6 small class meet is going on over at Henry Horton, uh, Cullioca, Hampshire, Mount Pleasant, Santa Fe, and Summertown are among the competitors over there, and hopefully we will have results from there and get them up on the website um, prior to kickoff tonight would be ideal. So that that would be the goal here. 
and again, the Division One and Division Two state cross country meets are set for next Thursday and Friday up at Sanders Ferry Park in Hendersonville. Really, uh, you know, state the state meet being there first time in fifth, ever, ever. It's the first time in. 49 years that it has not been held at the Iroquois steeplechase course at Percy Warner Park in Nashville off of um, Old Hickory Boulevard. This would have been the 50th year at that location. So kind of the end of an era. The um, TSSAA had to kind of scramble a little bit with the um, Metro shutdown for COVID and that kind of thing, and, and they had to secure a location. Speaking with Bernard Childress, when this was announced a couple of months ago, you know, they admitted that it wasn't ideal, that, you know, they weren't having it on Saturday, that they weren't able to have it all on one day, that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see if when we get back to some level of normalcy, if the state cross-country meet returns to the Iroquois steeplechase, or if they get up there and, and they really like the situation up at Sanders Ferry and, and decide to stay there or, or how that plays out. It's going to be interesting. And, uh, you know, typically these type races are always held someplace where you kind of have some familiarity of how to set up. Because when you're talking about a state championship in any sport, even if it's, you know, cross country or tennis or anything, softball, baseball, TSSAA has a lot of moving parts. And especially when you've got six or three classes and six classes total, three in each. No. Right? No, there's – um. Division one, large oh, and small. Oh, it's large and small. So it's just four total. It's four total classes, gotcha. but you got two races in each one, so eight eight races. There yeah. are just there are a lot of moving parts, so you kind of have to have some familiarity on how to run them. Uh, luckily, they did have an opportunity to kind of get out there for these region races, kind of test drive it a little bit. And I hope that that makes the state run smoothly. I feel like it will. Uh, TWSWA does a great job with these state tournaments. They they always have. Everything kind of, you know, right there for us as media, for the runners, for the teams. They do a really good job. So. Yeah, they do. And and they're to be commended for that because particularly with the cross country with so many kids and so many fans and it's so spread out, it's, um, it's a fascinating day. I, I always enjoy state cross country meets because, again, like you said, this is the best of the best, so it's not like you've got somebody trailing, you know, 20 minutes behind. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it's it's usually a really good race. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about the top 10 runners at the regional level, that you're, you, it's going to be a competitive field. Like you said, there's not going to be a whole lot of gaps, and, and it's probably going to get over pretty quickly, relatively speaking. Yeah, absolutely. All right, seven minutes to the top of the hour. Uh, Mo, we had some people uh, comment on Twitter who got to our show just a little bit late. Can we run down one more time that Region 55A punishment this morning handed down to Shelbyville and Franklin County? Um, full disclosure, we only have the Shelbyville letter. So, yeah, we can't. I don't, I don't think. The Franklin County letter is going to be a whole lot different, but we do need to mention that we only have the Shelbyville letter. Um, 
mentions the written report from the officials, the officiating crew from the Shelbyville Franklin County game. We had a brawl between multiple players of both teams with both benches coming onto the field. And I think that's a key phrase for everything that happens thereafter because we had gotten conflicting reports as to whether players left the field, I mean, players left the bench area or not. And the letter mentions that TWSAA requested that the administrators of both schools submit all videotapes of the incident to the state office for our review, but were informed by both schools, which is kind of odd, that no videos exist. As a result, we dealt with the incident based on our conversations with school administrators and their written report and actions taken, which was due in the state office by Wednesday. So, again. So, Mo, just real quick, we mm-hmm. have the Franklin County letter at this point. Okay. It is the same. Okay. <laughs> I kind of expected that, but at the same time, I wanted to be sure that we were explicit in saying we do not have the Franklin County letter. Now we do. Anyway. Again, we had a brawl between multiple players of both teams with both benches coming onto the field. We ejected Franklin County players number 63, 3, 57, and 86. We ejected three players from Shelbyville, numbers 15, 53, and 9. We probably could have had 30 or more. We stopped the game after the brawl with 334 left in the third period. Shelbyville was leading 43 to 10. So, as a result of that unsportsmanlike incident, both Shelbyville and Franklin County are on two years probation. Restrictive probation, which means that they are out of the postseason. Mm-hmm. That's what restrictive probation means, if you see that in the letter. Okay. Um, it's, the letters aren't identical. Franklin County's fine is tad lower but not much okay i mean and and the the important part is that they're both out of the playoffs Mm, that is the important part um they also lost um some spring practice and some seven on seven work days and again they are they are currently out of the playoffs both for this year and for next year um, it is expected that at least one of the schools will appeal this um, disciplinary action with regards to the 2021 postseason suspension. Um, and we'll see how that goes. And the postseason uh, suspension does begin this year, which means, as we stated earlier, Page and Columbia could potentially swap but the most likely scenario is page gets gets the two seed they will play franklin county tonight a win gets page the two seed makes columbia the three seed lincoln county's the four seed a franklin county win over page and a columbia central win tonight would be would make columbia central the two seed and page the three seed even though they beat <laughs> page beats columbia and uh, Lincoln County, the four seed, no matter what. So, right. it, it, again, it's going to be a uh, a wild ride. Buckle up. It's going to be a wild <laughs> ride tonight. So, again, that is the the recap there. Just wanted to make sure that everybody was aware of what was going on in Region 5-5A. Uh, 
lots of games tonight that around the state of of note. We talked about several of them last night with JP Plant on. Motor sales. At Parks, professional sales staff makes shopping easy. Buick and GMC Financing can put you in the vehicle you want, and certified technicians keep vehicles running great. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Go online to parksmotorsales.com, find your favorite vehicle, then stop by Parks at 919 Nashville Highway for a test drive. Parks GMC, we are professional grade. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage. To ourselves at this point. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, we're back. We're Are we back. back? We're back. Okay. <laughs> so, Alcoa Dobbins Bennett tonight. We're uh, uh, that was a okay. So let's just go ahead and tell him. Full disclosure: We're in my <laughs> apartment this morning. <laughs> And, and JP, JP is, is at home at in Lawrenceburg. Uh, he is awaiting his COVID test. So, and we're hoping to get good news from that because, uh, yeah, this is crazy. All right. So, anyway, um, thanks to my wife Sarah for letting us know that we were cut off. We appreciate that. She is friend of the show at this point. She's she, friend oh, of the show, Sarah. Absolutely. Because uh, <laughs> if nobody else is listening. Sarah. Our parents and Sarah. Yeah, that's it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, so we'll be uh, we'll take a break, and on the other side of the break, we'll talk SEC football, some other uh, games around the state of note that we would like to talk about in the listening area as well. Got a lot to talk about in the ten o'clock hour. We appreciate you listening here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtvj.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant on the controls. We're coming to you from Franklin and Lawrenceburg and out of Columbia, Tennessee. We appreciate you listening here on 101.7 FM. It is Friday, 
Five minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock. Halloween Eve. Two days away from turning back our clocks. Hey, what did we find out about everybody's favorite Halloween candy anyway? Uh, we did find out that your full-size Reese's is the, the champ. My Reese's pumpkins, pumpkins were number two and the Heath Bar number three. At least you weren't outdone by the other, JP. That's an underrated number three, though, I think. It is. Third, well, it's kind of number two, though. It's still kind of number two. Because Reese's because Pumpkins and Reese's Cups are kind of one and one A. And they're the gold standard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Reese's is the gold standard. That That's undefeated full-size Reese's. Absolutely. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, As Halloween approaches tomorrow and high school football tonight, plenty of college football tomorrow, uh, what what games across the uh, across the listening area are we looking at to to be kind of keep an eye on kind of thing? Uh, make sure that we're listening when Coach Mike is giving out scores. I know one of which we were talking about last night was that uh, that that Brentwood Centennial game. Certainly, I think um, to me one to keep an eye on is um, Forest at Lewis County. It's for the Region Five Two A Championship. I think Lewis County takes care of business, but Forrest has beaten them before, and um, I'm not sure how much. I'm not sure if Coach Mike and them will be reading this score or not. But Fairview goes to Stewart County for the Region Six Three A Championship. Oh, it'll be it'll be on there. Okay. All right. Well, good. Um, and those are those are kind of two underrated ones that I'll I'll be keeping an eye. Well, not out just for. that, not just that region championship game, but Eagleville and Loretto play for three and four. Mm-hmm. So that that entire region is up for grabs. They're still tonight. up for grabs. Yeah, yeah. So there's still some playoff seating to be decided out of that mm-hmm. region. But you know, Forest and Lewis County know they're going to play home games next week. Eagleville and Loretto know they're going on the road. But past that, like Who you said, you get? there's still stuff to be decided there. What about you? Uh, you know, in our in our listening area, I, I was really thinking about that Fairview-Stewart County game because, again, you know, Fairview hasn't lost on the field uh, in, in region play in like three years. And Stewart County coming in undefeated in the region as well, an opportunity for, for them to kind of establish their spot. A new sheriff in town. And, uh, yeah. Will there be? I don't think so. I mean, Chris Hughes, again, that guy has got. So if you don't know who Chris Hughes is, he is a an offensive mastermind mm-hmm. of, of sorts. A guy who was a quarterback of a, of a national flag football team that traveled across the country, played on the NFL Network. He still is. <laughs> but, but he, I mean, this is a guy that you've – if you've ever watched the Pro Bowl stuff, you've seen the uh, All-American Flag Football League. He's a quarterback of the Mean Machine, uh, and it's it's just wild when you really think about how well that type of offense has been able to be successful at Fairview, but it's because they've had really good quarterbacks. Yeah, he, he has done a really good job keeping that position loaded over his tenure out there. He was going to be the offensive coordinator of the Music City Fire, the indoor football team that was set to start playing at the Ag Expo 
out in um pre COVID. Yeah, pre COVID. I think they got one game in. Um Dre Hall from Columbia Central was also on that team and former MTSU football standout and Hall of Famer Joe Campbell is their coach. And I think they're gonna try to get this thing fired back up. Yeah, once, fired. <laughs> once things calm down a little bit, and I'm not sure if Chris will continue to be involved with them or not. But like you said, he is he's really kind of made his bones as a offensive mastermind and Fairview can put some points up. They've they've really held themselves up well in a couple of six A matchups this year. Um going over to Lebanon on short notice and, and going to Dixon County and winning a couple of weeks ago. So this um like you said, that's a game to keep an eye on tonight. That Fairview at Stewart County. And then of course you've got Marshall County Nolensville that we've talked about all week long and how important it is. And it's uh, it's even more important now because the winner will you know will will host a playoff game, but they know that if they win this game and win their first round game, they, they get, get spring. Oh. They get Spring Hill. There we go. So that's uh you know the team you've already beaten if mm-hmm. you're those two teams. So that gives you a little bit of confidence. That being said, uh, Spring Hill is. It, is playing with some confidence too. So either way, that's still a big game because one, it's it's at Nolansville, it's on the turf. You got a chance to to host a playoff game the next week, and anytime you can you can host a playoff game in the first round, it, it just it gives you a a sense of normalcy mm-hmm. in your pregame routine. Yeah, I, I think hosting that opening round is really important. Just because with all the nerves that come with a playoff game to add on going on the road is if if you can avoid doing so I think it's a good thing. It's highly unlikely in class 4A but I played in class 1A. I've gotten dressed in the <laughs> the bus toughest of places. No, I will tell you the worst visiting locker room we ever stepped foot in was second round of my sophomore year we go to Hazelwood where they've at the time they had won a state record 11 state championships and this is the home of Antonio Langham and all those uh the the Good brothers Chris and Carrie mm-hmm. and all those those cats and that's not if that's not intimidating enough when you drive up and see the sign with the eleven <laughs> state championships on it, including the one from the year before where they beat you on en route to. They put us in a a school room that had about forty seven hundred desks stacked up into it. And so we're just like trying to move desks out of the way and get dressed. It's uncomfortable. I don't know that that's the case in class four A. I'm sure that there's a little bit, you know, better facilities there, but Depending on where you go, it, that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that if you can avoid it. If you can it. avoid it. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a big one there for two and three. Um, staying in that region just a second, Tullahoma has a chance to go 10-0 and 0 when they play Maplewood tonight. And unfortunately, there won't be a single Wildcat fan on the premises because the game is at Maplewood and Metro is not allowing fans. That is unfortunate. Uh, Well, you know, and a lot of Metro schools have opted to play 
on the road mm-hmm. uh, for a and a cut of the gate of some sort. Let's see if that's the case here. Um, I, I don't think it is. It's, I don't either. But you know, I don't blame those those teams for wanting to go on the road to give their their fans a chance to see the games if they can. Uh, if not, you know, this is a this is a tough a tough game to be you know to have no fans. Although Maplewood is unfortunately, as we talked about earlier, JP, when, when they uh, when they played Spring Hill, you and I spoke during the game, and it was it was really tough to to kind of talk about because Maplewood didn't even know half their kids' names, and it was just because they hadn't had a chance to work with them. Yeah, that's a it's a tough situation. Uh, those the metro schools, and you know, you got to give them credit. Those that are still playing and those that are winning, uh, you know, like Pearl Cone, for instance, uh, catching um, you know catching some uh, some strength moving forward and a little momentum. Uh, but it is a tough situation. I, you know, that was an interesting conversation with you, and, uh, and and an interesting perspective, and I'm sure one that was probably. Um, uh, ramp it uh, in other places as well as they try to uh, try to just figure out how to how to get through these uh, games. Disregard what I just said. Um, reading Zach Birdsong's story from earlier this week, Tullahoma will have a chance to cap off its perfect regular season this Friday when it hosts Maplewood. Kick there off the go. schedule for seven p.m. So that's great. Good. Um, so they'll get a chance to win to to go to ten and zero in front of the same fans that. Saw them go 0-10 back-to-back a few years ago. And some Maplewood fans will have a chance to see their team. Again. It's a nice drive. But, it's, but, yeah, it, it's not an easy drive to get down there. But, uh, I, I mean, I, th- I feel like that's the most logical thing to do is just, just take your team on the road. Well, I mean, if you can't uh, – strictly from a financial standpoint, I mean, if you can't have fans in the stands, what's the point of a home game? When you're paying for officials, you're paying for lights. I assume you've probably still got to pay for some security, even though you don't have. Well, to fans. keep fans out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, you've got all those expenses, and you've got nothing coming in to to offset that. So, whereas you can you can ask for a portion of the gate to go on the road mm-hmm. just for travel fees, you know, travel. And I would imagine most of these schools that are being the benefit of that flip-flop are willing to to do that because it's an extra home game for them. It's a home game that they didn't expect to have at the beginning of the season, so they can somewhat afford to do that. Yeah, and that's a... Kind of a good faith thing. It is, and it's it's something that you like to see with these schools working together to make sure that everybody can get something positive out of at least playing the game. Exactly. So... That's a uh, – we expect – you know, obviously Tullahoma is number one, Marshall County and Nolensville playing for number two, Spring Hill number four in that region. Mm-hmm. So that's a uh, – that region is just about ready to go, and they cross with that, like we talked about earlier, the DeKalb County uh, team is – they are the region champion, but unfortunately will not be playing because they are uh, quarantined for the week. Mm-hmm. And – Livingston Academy and Macon County actually play tonight for that two seed. So neither of the 
of those two regions, cross regions, know who <laughs> who will host and who will travel with uh, Stone Memorial being that four seed and will travel to uh, Tullahoma, which is, talk about a trip. <laughs> that is that is one for the ages right there. Um, Cumberland County actually um, gets a COVID win tonight over DeKalb County. It will be their only win of the year in region play, and they are technically tied for fifth in that, but uh, they lost to Stone Memorial, so that's why Stone Memorial is tied for fourth. Seat. Yeah, they're tied for fourth in that. Yeah, um, Cumberland County has traditionally been a tough um, football program in terms of being able to Get gener- generate and sustain success. Um, they are currently on at least their third coach in three years, former Columbia Central receiver, Eric Ballou was up there as head coach last year and um, departed after the season. He's an assistant down in um, down in north uh, northwest Georgia now, but um, they have had a tough time, you know, just maintaining some consistency in that program, and it's it's kind of tough to watch teams that continue to make changes and and can't just can't seem to gain traction. Um, for those kids that are that are playing, because it becomes a cycle. I think. I think, um, you know, eventually the kids say, "Why? Why would I bother with it?" And and so then you don't have the participation, and the coaches can't drum it up, and it just becomes, like I said, an endless cycle. It's a cycle, absolutely. Yeah. I expect Macon County to get a win tonight. Uh, they're typically, you know, among the top two teams in that region. Mm-hmm. I expect that it will be Macon County County hosting next week. I've been to Macon County when they hosted Spring Dante Hill. Smith and Spring Hill. And Spring Hill went up there and got a win. Uh, and unfortunately for Macon County, I think Spring Hill will go up there it, won't, it won't be Spring Hill, but it, either Marshall County or Nolansville will likely oh, go up there yeah. and get a win. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's you know, Region 4 has I, swept that, may that be region on more than one occasion. I think the two years that Spring Hill went as the four seed, they went on the road and won. Yeah, I, I fully expect that this is a uh, a sweep potential. Of course, when you've got Dante Smith and you, they don't, it makes a little bit of a difference. It, it did. It certainly did. So there you go. That is the cross region for Spring Hill and Marshall County, et cetera. Any other games of note tonight that we need to get to before break? Um. The matchup is of note. I'm not sure the game will be. Oakland goes to Warren County. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Nine and zero, number one ranked Oakland goes to eight and one, number ten ranked Warren County. Um, Warren County lost last week to Riverdale. I think it was thirty nine to six. Finally, um, this one could be somewhat similar. I, I just think this Oakland team is got the chance to be really special before things are all over with. Um another game to keep an eye on out of division two double uh, mm-hmm. division two triple A. Knoxville Catholic goes to Father Ryan. This may Ooh. be the this may be the best Father Ryan team that there's been in the last ten years or more. And Knoxville Catholic has dropped off some but um this this is going to be a heck of a matchup, I think, to see whether 
Father Ryan can keep up the momentum that they've built here over this last few weeks, or if the Fighting Irish from the East mm. can come in and upset things. That's going to be interesting. Uh, that's a really good game to to keep an eye on. One other na- game of note in Class 4A is Creekwood and Springfield for that Region 5 championship. Springfield's only loss of the year, the 28-7 setback against Marshall County. Creekwood undefeated 9-0. and Both teams undefeated in their region, playing for the region title tonight. Springfield, the reigning Class 4A state runner-up. Yeah, that that western Look. side of the brackets. <laughs> it's yeah. something. Uh all right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and when we come back, let's let's talk um let's talk some SEC football what you say. That'll work. We're going to talk some SEC football. We'll bring JP on to kind of help us out cuz he's the the resident college football guy. And uh like mm-hmm. I said, we'll be back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint right after this. Looking for a Halloween hangout? Patio West in Spring Hill is your spot for food, games, and fun. Located at 3011 Longford Drive, Patio West is hosting both a kids' and all-ages costume contest, along with three different trivia games during their Halloween extravaganza starting at 3 p.m. on October 31st. Bring the whole family down for all the fun you can have in one place. Patio West, comfort and coastal eats in Spring Hill. Visit them on Facebook or online at patiowest.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. Mo Patton with me here to my right today. Unusual. Usually on my left. <laughs> and JP playing on the controls straight ahead as always. And it's uh, it's time to kind of talk some, some college football. It's Friday. We always like to talk a little bit about what's coming up on the weekend and you know, now that the Big Ten is back playing, it's certainly a a, a more unique aspect. We're, we're not always talking about the you know the SEC or whatever, but you shared a a story with me this morning about Coastal Carolina, and I want to talk a little bit about their program and what they've been able to do with a guy who left. Tennessee and Middle Tennessee to to take over that program, and you know this is a this is a program that has done nothing but get better over the years, and uh, they're ranked number twenty. They traveled to Georgia State this weekend, and uh, you know when you go back and you think about. Teams like Boise State over the years, it's always been somebody with weird colored turf. 
<laughs> I think that um, unlike Boise State, I think they've really got a little bit of a recruiting advantage being 30 minutes from Myrtle Beach. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I can't imagine that being an advantage of any of any sort. Well, I'll tell you what. Have you been to Boise? I've <laughs> been to Boise. Oh man! But I mean, um, I I think you're. I think you know, a Southern Miss had to start somewhere. Even a Florida State had to start somewhere. I mean, a lot of these schools started in those small, humble, for lack of a better phrase, situations. And the next thing you know, they've they've asserted themselves consistently on a national stage like a Boise State. Yeah. Like again, like Southern Miss did some time ago. And Coastal may be that next big thing, I think. Um gotten off to a great start this year, but it's kind of been you know, you're around country music a lot. It's that, that overnight success thing that takes fifteen years to build. Yeah, I mean, there's and an they, actual song called that, and Overnight they, Success, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but they've certainly put in the work. And Sorry, I, I didn't – when I said Middle Tennessee, he was at East Tennessee State. Jamie, okay, yeah, because you threw me for a minute. I was, yeah, I was – I guess I was thinking Will Healy, but uh, he played he, – he actually was at Anderson County and uh, – Jamie Chadwell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's done a great job over there, and they have um, – Really created a lot of excitement. Ryan McGee on ESPN.com has a great story on them. Um, and one of the one of the points that he makes is that that's kind of a transient area a little bit. And a lot of people from the north and the Midwest have moved in there and they are used to being college football fans, um, particularly Ohio State, Penn State, that type ilk. And they, you know, they still look for a football program to support locally. And Coastal Carolina has become that for a lot of those folks. Um, you know, broke onto the national stage a few years ago when they won the College World Series. And now trying to kind of replicate that type of success and gain that type of exposure with their football program. And it's, you know. It's what I really had hoped Middle Tennessee State would become. It doesn't seem to be the a, real ex- a realistic expectation at this point. It's unfortunate. But um, it's nice to see a team, a program like a Coastal Carolina come up like that. Yeah. I, I, I'm always the guy who roots for that underdog, especially in college football. JPD. Have you ever been? Have you always been the underdog guy, or you, have you just kind of not paid attention to those kind of folks? Uh, you you realize what team that I'm a fan of, right? I know. Yes, I'm just saying, like the the uh, the Boise States of the world. Yeah, I think by nature, uh, certainly, if if I don't have a, a dog in the hunt, if you will, the the underdog tends to rise up as the sentimental favorite. I think it's just human nature in a lot of avenues. So uh, yeah, I'm, you know, if I'm it gives me a rooting interest. I mean, who doesn't want to see the underdog win if if you're not a fan of either team? I, I you're probably right. I, I would I would venture to say that that's more accurate than not. Some other games, uh, especially in the um, the SEC, that we will be keeping an eye on. But 
I think the biggest, most difficult game for us to pick last night in the SEC was A&M and mm-hmm. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a game that's always in, in Arlington at, at, at Jerry World. And I think it'll be a uh, – I think it'll be a better game than some people realize. No, I think it will too. Um, I just could not bring myself to pick Arkansas, but at the same time, I, with the success that they've had this year, and with Texas A&M being as inconsistent as they've been, it wouldn't surprise me to see Arkansas win that game. I just couldn't bring myself to pick them. Well, I, I got a feeling. That this Arkansas team, I said, like I said last night, is better than people think, and TAMU is not as good as people think, and not being at Kyle Field is going to be a an interesting. You know, this will be the only game, and I guess they're going to do. You know, if they're doing limited tickets, I assume they're going to split them in half like they always do. So this may be the only game we see across college football that has fans of both teams in attendance. I mean, I guess did Texas? I guess Texas and Oklahoma did probably, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, this is that's a unique aspect of 2020 that we haven't really seen a lot of. And when you when you take away the home field advantage, it it makes a big difference, especially for Texas A and M. Yeah, and and again, uh, as I talk about Texas A and M's inconsistency, I mean they're three and one, but it it, it just doesn't feel like that uh, they've got the win over florida and and that was a great win mm-hmm. it really was it was a it was a good win a win that i had no expectation of them getting hmm. and for them to have beaten florida just goes to show that 2020 is a wild year which and, is why I think Arkansas has every opportunity and chance to win this game. And, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier in the week. I mentioned it last night on um, Thursday Night Live. I, I think with a schedule completely contained within the conference, I think you're going to see some odd results and some odd scores that you might not have expected in some of these matchups between two SEC teams. Probably not going to see too much oddity in Georgia-Kentucky tomorrow, huh? I don't think you're going to see any oddity in that. <laughs> you know, unless, you oh. know, Georgia gets a couple of safeties or something like that, but which is totally possible. Oh, that's, that's certainly possible. Uh, and then, of course, Vanderbilt, they, uh, they host Ole Miss, and this is a game that Vanderbilt, you know, might have a chance to win if, if Ole Miss is looking to pass them to South Carolina. Traditionally, I think Vanderbilt has had some of its best chances to win when they have played Ole Miss. I'm just not sure defensively they can hold up against what Ole Miss brings to the table offensively with with Lane Kiffin dialing things up and with um with Matt. Oh, they, they definitely and, can't stop them. Yeah, well, there's no chance they stop well, them, right, but, JP? Or are we crazy? Well, Vandy's defense is is better than their offense. Uh, they have a decent, right. decent defense, and you know if if one side of the ball is going to shine, it's typically that one. And I think with a true freshman quarterback for Vanderbilt this year in Seals, I think that is the case. However, I do like Seals, and they've got a little bit of talent there. But 
Uh, and Ole Miss's defense is nothing to write home about either. So it it could be a fun game, could be a high scoring game, and you know it's it it would not be out of the uh, stretch of the imagination for Vandy to to pull off uh, the mild upset. But you know if if I had to choose, if I was forced to choose, um, which I um, I backed out last night. <laughs> Yeah, you did. I did. Uh, I will make it official. If I had to choose, I would. Uh, I would think Ole Miss gets the win. Yeah, I, I, I agree with JP. I think that Vanderbilt's defense is the stronger of its two units, and so if they're not going to stop them, then they have to score with them. And I don't know that they're capable of that. I don't think anybody's capable of shutting down Ole Miss's offense completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw what they did to Alabama. And Alabama's really good. So, well, maybe not their secondary, as we as Tennessee may have also helped prove. Mm-hmm. Um, the game that I am interested in, but yet don't feel like there's going to be an upset, is that Missouri-Florida game. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is Florida's uh, – I think Florida is going to win because they're at home – if this game were in Missouri, it'd be much more interesting. I'm not sure it'd be interesting regardless. I, I just think Florida is that much better than Missouri. So, I don't know. I, I mean, again, I guess I'm I'm comparing my Texas A&M to Missouri. Mm-hmm. I think Basilic has been a very welcome change. Oh, certainly. It gives them that extra – you know, the ability to throw the ball a little bit, especially downfield. But then, uh, you know, if this game were in Missouri, I think it would be a much closer game. I don't think it will be uh, tomorrow in Gainesville. I'm intrigued by this LSU-Auburn guy. I'm not intrigued at all because I think it's two really bad football teams (laughs) who are going to play on CBS tomorrow. (laughs) I'm intrigued because I'm – I'm interested to see what LSU does at quarterback. They've they have struggled somewhat offensively under Miles Brennan. He gets hurt. They play two freshmen last week and they blow South Carolina out. One freshman in particular looked really good. The other one kind of came off the bench late just to get him some snaps, I think. But I think they they've got a quarterback controversy and and the question was asked during the um during the waning moments of that LSU South Carolina game, you know, can you lose Can you lose your starting position by injury? Which is something that I've always heard at the professional level. I've never really heard that question asked collegiately. I mean, if you get injured, you get injured. Next man up, you know. And I don't think if someone just grossly outplays you that there's any obligation to go back to the other guy when he's healthy. And so I'm interested to see how Ed Orgeron and his coaching staff deal with that situation. Do they roll T.J. Finley back out there against um, Auburn? or Do they go back to Miles Brennan, who was the heir apparent, sitting behind Joe Burrow, who all he did was win a Heisman Trophy. But, I mean, they've they've lost so much around them that nobody was going to look like Joe Burrow. But I think – T.J. Finley is more dynamic at that position than Miles Brennan. Now, are you going to hold yourself, limit yourself to Miles Brennan just because he was the starter at the beginning of the season? Or are you going to do what's best for the team? Well, I, you know, let's let's just look at the statistics, okay? 
79 of 131, 11, 1,112 yards, 11 touchdowns, three picks. Those are pretty good numbers. The problem is that Tyrion Davis-Price is, is their leading rusher with 245 yards. That's uh, I think that's where you're not getting the production that you got last year mm-hmm. from Edwards Alaire. Right. If you are getting better production from your run game, it opens then up. Brennan's going to be better. He's or whoever be, it's a quarterback who, is going to be better. But Finley gives you that, that running ability that exactly. Brennan does not. That's what I was going to. That's mm-hmm. where I was going. Mm-hmm. Is it? It looks on paper like Miles Brennan is fine. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing what he's supposed to do as a quarterback. But but when you add the extra ability of getting out of the pocket and a running threat, mm-hmm. even though again, like I told, like we said last night, kind of like Jackson Campbell, most quarterbacks are capable passers if they're very good runners mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. And I think that's what we're what you're going to see in this kid, but. At this point, I think that's what you need. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you just need a capable passer and a guy who gives you that dy- that, that that dynamic ability. Because you're run. not getting that run Ex- anywhere else. Otherwise, exactly. Yeah. If you had a you know Edwards Hilaire, then, then you could be okay. Miles Brennan's okay, mm-hmm. but otherwise, I don't think he's the guy. All right, uh, and through and, no fault of his own. Right, I don't <laughs> think it's necessarily him. I mean, if if he were playing at Ole Miss. He may be a Heisman candidate, mm. you know, mm. or even Alabama. Tennessee. Uh, if he was at Tennessee, most certainly. Uh, you know, so this is a guy I can't be can't be upset at him, but you can lose your job due due to injury. I mean, <laughs> let's let's go back and look at Tom Brady. Drew Bledsoe. We never see Tom Brady if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get hurt. Isn't that crazy? I mean, Nobody and, and the same thing is. same thing with Kurt Warner and Trent Green. Yeah, well, I mean, Trent Green gets concussed. All Kurt Warner does is come in and take the Rams to a Super Bowl championship. And you're telling me that if Trent Green doesn't get hurt, we never know who Kurt Warner is. Yeah, I mean, I would know because I was a Barnstormers fan, but otherwise, nobody else would. <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, it's just it's wild to think about. And uh, the SEC is outside of Alabama and Georgia, pretty much a crapshoot at this point. Yeah, and. Even again, even Florida, you know, we're not sure what's going on there. If because Dan Mullen has been a, he's been inconsistent to say the least. The last time he had a number one team, he had Dak Prescott go to Tuscaloosa and <laughs> go get figure, a, huh? and get absolutely just rolled. He has not been at Florida what what you would have expected. I don't think he's only been there three years, so I give him that. Mm-hmm. He did have the ability. He had the foresight to go with Kyle Trask and just and play for the future. And playing <laughs> for the future, there's something to be said for that. But as you say that, Felipe Franks is the, is the quarterback at Arkansas who you're talking glowingly about. And I think, well, I think the difference in style of play, right? Because Felipe Franks doesn't have the the body that. Dak had so I'm not sure that that Mullen had the confidence in him to run the ball consistently or to take those quarterback powers. Mm-hmm. Whereas Arkansas's got nothing to lose. <laughs> I don't know, but they're not necessarily asking Trask 
to be the runner that they asked Dak to be either. Right. They and, and that's what that's not that's why mm-hmm. I think he was like, Look, we're not gonna go that route with the offense. We're going to build around Trask as a passer mm-hmm. and that's the offense we're gonna go with. And I don't think that, that Franks gave them that ability. So all right, on the other side of the break we're gonna talk uh, uh, a few more college football games. You got some trash can juice you and I've got trash can them. juice. We'll get to that on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao here, joined, as always, by Mo Patton and J.P. Plant on the controls. 14 minutes to the top of the hour here on WKOM 1017. It is a beautiful day in Middle Tennessee, and we are proud to be with you. Don't forget this weekend. Go ahead. (laughs) Fall back. And let's, uh, you know, let's have some daylight savings time, except it's not daylight savings time. It's daylight losing time. (laughs) And I'm just going to be honest with you. You want some trash can juice? Let's talk about trash can juice. Let's talk about five o'clock sunsets. I got a problem with that. (laughs) But you know what I also have, JP? What's that? I have a solution. Uh, uh, Of course. That's exactly what Mo said. Of course you have a solution. Look, here's the solution. We're going to keep it. We're not falling back this year. But in spring, we are going to go backward one hour. Because I don't like 9 o'clock sunsets any more than I like 5 o'clock sunsets. I don't want to be going to bed and the sun's still going down. You go to bed before 9? Sometimes. Sarah's like, uh, it's 7.30, but I'm sleepy. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of am, too. Let's, let's go ahead and go to, the, go to bed. So, uh, you know, it evens it out a little bit. You know, we, we still got 6 o'clock sunsets here. In the spring, it's still going to be 7.30, 8 o'clock when the sun goes down. There's no room to go ahead an hour. Let's, uh, I mean, we can even go forward right now if we wanted to. Then go back in the spring. I don't care if we flip-flop it. But either way, if we flip-flopped it, it, it's it's even across the board for the most part. And and as as you said when we were discussing this earlier this week, you know, part of the reason for 
daylight savings time was because the farmers needed their alarm clocks to go off. A.K.A. chickens. They got alarm clocks now. There we like go. real ones <laughs> that, that go beep, beep, beep in the morning. They can get up. <laughs> I don't understand why this is still a thing. I still, I also don't understand why we need congressional approval to stay off, to stay on daylight savings time in Tennessee when we as Tennesseans have already voted not to do this. And first and second of all, if we need Congress approval, why haven't we gotten it yet? It's been a year. They've been busy, Chris. Busy with what? <laughs> Not too busy to make my time work. Put it in the stimulus package. They add everything else to it. Chris is a man with a lot of questions and a lot of opinions, in case you've not figured that out. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to tell you. <laughs> no, no, he's not. You better be careful. I might end up on another show on the station. Uh, you could get, you could. <laughs> <laughs> that could happen. Oh, man. Anyway. Du- double dipping. God. <laughs> I just don't understand why, why two things. One, we have to fall back because there's no reason to do that. And two, We've already voted not to do this, so why can't we just not do this? Maybe this I mean, will be the we, last time, can, hopefully so. Can, can we all just get on, let, let, let's get a petition going, or not a petition because we don't need We a don't petition. even need that. We just need, a, we just need everybody in Tennessee to just say, you know what, screw it. We're, we're not voting back. <laughs> we're not, not going to do it. We're not falling back. Don't, don't look for me at that hour because I'll be there an hour. Early. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be an hour early. <laughs> <laughs> I have a wedding on Sunday that I'm DJing, and when I spoke with the bride three, four months ago, I told her, I said, I said, uh, you know, I wonder how many people are going to be early or late because of daylight savings time. And she was like, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. I'm mm. going to put that on my my invitations mm. because it's the day of. It's, mm-hmm. it's Sunday. So, I mean. Anyway, I mean, if if you have a cell phone or that's how you or a smart watch or anything, it sh- it, it, it will uh, right. But still, you never know. But you still got to run around the house and change all those clocks. All the clocks. See that you know the clock on the wall, the clock on the the stove. That's all. Having to do that is just trash can juice. <laughs> anyway, JP, during the break, you mentioned something about um, bowl schedule. Yeah, ESPN has um, announced uh, the bowl schedule, the actual dates for the full lineup. I think the uh, the playoffs had already been set, but here's here's what we're looking at. The national championship will be on January the 11th, and uh, the uh, let's see, our uh, playoff games will be on uh, January the 2nd. Now, I believe that's correct, um, as I'm. Looking through this here, we've got uh, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. Those are your two playoff games, the semifinal. Uh, and uh, on that day, which actually that'll be New Year's Day, so correction, that'll be New Year's Day, uh, the semifinals. Those will be preceded that day by the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Hey, Birmingham uh-huh. Bowl. I've, I've covered that nine of the years they've had it. So Ticket yeah. Smarter? Ticket what is Smarter. That? Is that some kind of a website or something? Um, it's, it's probably like StubHub. Yeah, probably a ticket uh, wholesaler. Um, and uh, that, I'm sure, will be probably a 10 a.m. Central kick. Uh, I remember going to uh, to the last uh, 
game that James Franklin coached for Vanderbilt. They played in the Birmingham mm-hmm. Bowl. I went to that game, uh, drove from Charlotte the night before, uh, and picked up my buddy in Atlanta, and we went over and, and met my dad there who had um, had uh, the ribs from uh, from Tuscaloosa. Dreamland. Dreamland. Thank you. I went blank there. Had Dreamland ribs for breakfast, tailgating for the Birmingham Bowl. It was fantastic. Well, I can tell you. Yeah. If you're going to have ribs for breakfast, Dreamland is a spot right. to be. That's right. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. There used to be a spot down down close to Legion Field. Tide and Tiger. You familiar with it at all? No, it, but it, my, I bet my dad's going, yeah, I know exactly where that is. It was, it was a hole in the wall. <laughs> but, that's, the um, be, that's the best I, place to get barbecue. It, it absolutely it? is. And um, I was down there covering UAB MTSU. It was Boots Donnelly's last game. And that was also the day of um, – Tennessee, Arkansas, nineteen ninety eight. Oh, Clint Sterner. Uh huh. Mm. So ah, that's yes. where I watched Tide and Tiger eating ribs was where I watched that play out after MTSU UAB. There you go. Uh, speaking of ribs, for I like breakfast. it. I like it. Uh, yeah. Also on New Year's Day, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl and the VRBO Citrus Bowl, all leading up to again the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl as the semifinal host. So a busy day on New Year's Day. Uh, the Goodyear Best Cotton, day of the year. Yep, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic will be the first of the New Year Six. They'll play on December 30th, along with the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl and the Capital One Orange Bowl. Uh, those um, those two will be on January the 2nd. Uh, there are two new bowl games, the Montgomery Bowl on December 23rd and the L.A. Bowl. Uh, we're assuming that is the Los Angeles Bowl, probably at the new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, that's on December 30th. You don't think it's Lower Alabama Bowl? That, that's a possibility, but we've already got the Montgomery Bowl coming in <laughs> at, at, on the 23rd, so I think that precludes it. But uh, Also, uh, the Fenway Bowl, which um, was scheduled to debut in Boston this year, will not be played, nor will the Holiday Bowl, the Red Box Bowl, the Bahama Bowl, or the Hawaii Bowl that had previously announced they would not play stemming from the coronavirus uh, pandemic. So uh, that's uh, that's where we stand. The busiest day of the bowl season, by the way, will so, be December the 26th. Six games on the day after Christmas. Hey, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm here for that, by the way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me about this Montgomery Bowl. Is it another bowl game in Montgomery, or is it the former Camellia Bowl? Uh, it says uh, it's a new bowl game. Why would they have two bowl games in, in Montgomery. Montgomery, Alabama? That, <laughs> that and that's on December twenty third. December twenty third. So the Camellia Bowl is December nineteenth, twenty twenty. So they've got two bowls in Montgomery. In Montgomery, four days apart. Hot bed. Hot that bed. makes about as much sense because as everybody <laughs> wants to go to Montgomery. I mean, for what? They've done a great job downtown. Don't get me wrong. The, the new, you know, the, the way that they have, have revitalized downtown Montgomery has been great, thanks to Riverwalk Stadium and the Montgomery Biscuits. But two bowl games? There's got to be a better in, in, in place a in the world. Got to be a better place in the world to have two bowl games in, in four days or five days. Yeah, it wouldn't be my first choice for um... – for a little holiday bowl experience, but uh, it would be it would second. be it would be mine. But the only reason is because my grandmother lives there. So like, so it would be yours. It would be my. Uh, that's perfect for me. I can go down 
on the the 18th spend a week and go to two bowl games and see my grandmother for a week and and, and, right with with no hotel expense this is great for me but that doesn't make any sense does does your grandmother sleep Thirty-seven thousand. I mean, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> not, think that's going to work for very many of the rest of us. It, well, there's only it's only a twenty-five thousand seat stadium, so I guess times two. Yeah, two games. But I mean, you're, you're not going to have everybody there at the same time, are you? Well, some people might want to go down for both games. They they may, <laughs> including Spend me. I guess Christmas in Montgomery. I'm well, so actually, confused. you'll be out by Christmas because the Camellia Bowl is the nineteenth. That's, yeah. that's true. You're right. Yeah. So you can you can go down there and hang out and still get back home in time for Christmas. That's wild. Anyway, sorry. There's got to be a better place than Montgomery to have two bowl games. Got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Does not mention when the um, Music City Bowl is. Does it? it? It the actual list of the days uh, has was there was no attachment for that. Um, I, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, it's it's an odd story. There's no link um, mm-hmm. to, to the full list. It's just a few paragraphs of some of the highlights, and um, they've got a, a, a link to their editor's picks, but that doesn't give the uh, the dates of the other bowls. So, to be, well, TBD. I, it's TBD. Typically, Music City Bowl is played what, around New, Year, New Year's Eve. Yeah, usually that, that time slot, but... Um, Right now, it is the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Oh, it's not um, Franklin American American Morris. No. That uh, is that company gone, or are they just? Uh, aren't I don't think sponsored? the company's gone. I think it's B. Well, yeah. and Trans Perfect, they have because they're not. They they don't. I guess their colors are actually two tone blue, mm-hmm. which is perfect. Well, it's a shorter uh, name. That's that's a good thing. Yes, Franklin mm-hmm. American it, Mortgage. Oh, Music City Bowl. That music was a City mouthful. Bowl. It just says December 2020, so yeah, it'll be in December at some point. But anyway, so lots of high school football tonight. Columbia on 103.7. Columbia Central will be at Shovel on 103.7 FM. Whip around coverage with JP Plant on 1017. You can hear several different games all throughout the night. Make sure to do that. We've got. Coverage on sm-tnsports.com after the games tonight. You can find that before you go to bed or after you wake up in the morning. sm-tnsports.com. Full coverage, photos, stories, stats, and more. We are Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. <laughs> 